everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Town Big Business, a podcast about doing big business in rural middle America. I am your co-host, Deb Barnett, also the executive director for Southern Illinois Now, where we focus on economic development in the 17 southernmost counties in Illinois and advance our region as a great place to live, work, and very appropriate to this podcast, a really great place to do business. And I'm your co-host, Jennifer Olson, Director of Business Development for the City of Marion. And we're here broadcasting from Ethos at the Citadel. Ethos, if you don't know, is a co-working space, incubator space, and we offer a variety of training uh, to help businesses get started, grow, and find success. And one thing we would be remiss if we didn't thank our sponsors. Um, We're well over 75 episodes and on our way to 100. And the people who've been with us really from the beginning include Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond Harley-Davidson and RV, Fowler Heating and Cooling, Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and our producer, Union Street Arts. We have great sponsors, and you can enjoy the Small Town Big Business podcast on your favorite platform. Uh, Just subscribe while you're there, and also, if you would like to join us on our YouTube channel, just search Small Town Big Business, and of course, subscribe for free so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you're new to the podcast, we interview small business owners and founders or those who work in small businesses to really discover why and how they are thriving in small towns like right here in Marion, Illinois, or in this case today, Alto Pass, Illinois, and really just discover the secrets behind all of that. So as I mentioned, Alto Pass, Illinois, we would like to welcome Crystal Schilling, the general manager of Havisham Bourbon Brew and Spirits. Is that, did you I got, get that right? Yeah. Awesome. Yes, you've got so it. Thanks all, for having me. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Uh, we're so excited to have you here today. What an exciting job that sounds like. So why don't you start by telling us just a little bit about you and about your role there? Sure. Um, so I moved to Southern Illinois right before COVID happened, um, just with my little family. We had a little farm and um, randomly bumped into um, the owners. And that's how I got started working out here um, with Havisham. But um, fell in love with the area and I've got a pretty heavy background in the service industry. So um, I moved to St. Louis from Florida, grew up in Florida, born and raised. I went to school in Orlando. So I've worked in um, heavy tourism areas for a very long time. So about, I think I'm over 20 years now in the service industry. So um, that's kind of the basis for my experience and what I brought to Southern Illinois. So Florida, St. Louis, yep. and then Southern Illinois. Yeah. I'm always interested in seeing how people end up here in this region. So, it's a, Well, for me, it was a man. But okay. um, yeah, so my husband, uh, we met in Florida. His family's from St. Louis, so we moved there when we had our first child. And then he got a job opportunity out here, so we moved out here. Very good. So you said when you had your first child, so um, how many now and how do you find balance? Oh, I don't know if there is a balance, but I have three, (laughs) three little boys, um, nine, seven, and two. Um, It's crazy because, well, there's three of them and there's only one of me. But um, the balance is difficult, I'd say. Um, Thankfully, they're just great children, but um, you definitely have to have a great support system. So um, my husband's family's not too far away when we both need a little break. Um, but the kids are having a great time out here. They love um, nature and they love being out here. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a secret to that balance, except you just gotta keep going. <laughs> 
That's good. So you mentioned that they love nature and being out here. I mentioned Alto Pass, Illinois. I think the population is less than 500. Yes, I think at the last census we were just over 300, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So very small village, but yet they, Alto Pass and the surrounding area attracts people from all over the Midwest, all over the country, I would say all over the world. Yes, definitely. And Havisham is definitely a part of that. So tell us a little bit about Havisham Bourbon Brew and Spirits. Brew and Spirits. So we're on the Shawnee Wine Trail. Okay. So that's great for us. We get people that um, even before we were there, people were driving through Alto Pass. And I think the town was possibly in a little bit of a decline before we moved out there. Um, originally, um, we purchased um, the oldest residential building out there um, and intended to fix it up. It was um, pretty downtrodden. Um, It had been hit by a tornado and had a tree fall on it and it just needed a lot of work. So um, the owners of Havisham Bourbon Brew and Spirits, Nick and Jerry Schaefer, um, purchased it um, with a group and intended to flip it. So they made it this Mm. this beautiful Victorian home um, built in the 1890s. They totally remodeled it and fell in love with it, and then they couldn't sell it. So um, they put it up on like a VRBO, up for people to stay at. And the first couple of people that came out and stayed loved it as well and thought it would be a beautiful place. And they asked if they could put a wedding, just pop a tent next to it in the grass and do a wedding there. And so um, they said, sure, yeah. And well, eventually that kind of turned into turning that into the wedding venue. That is incredible. I haven't heard that story that yeah. it was just a suggestion from well, a guest. I will say technically it's because um, Nick, it was ruining Nick's grass. So he was <laughs> oh, like, we have to build a it. pavilion. So they built okay. this beautiful pavilion to match. So now when anybody has a wedding um, out there, there's, there's actually two houses. So they rebuilt that main house and then the carriage house behind it. And they're just, they're just gorgeous. So now um, the benefit to Alto Pass in Southern Illinois is that when people come and have a wedding here, they bring their friends and their family and they have this beautiful wedding and then they see all the great things that Southern Illinois has to offer. So they go over to Rental Mins, they go on the wine trail. Um, there's so many things to do and now they can go to the bourbon bar. Well, and I would not be surprised to learn that there are people who you know, meet or find their love or solidify their love along the wine trail or <laughs> in Southern Illinois, What you know, maybe even um, participating in hiking or um, a boating or another outdoor activity here in the Shawnee Forest. And I mean, to be able to come back and have your wedding kind of at the scene would be right in the middle awesome. of it. I mean, it's a whole weekend. Like you can book, there's plenty of VRBOs around. There's um, the cross out there. There's, there's probably within a couple of miles, at least six or seven different things to do in a weekend. And you mentioned weddings, so we all know Michelle Michelle Searles at Rentalman Orchards. You mentioned uh, Rentalman's, and she calls it wedding tourism. And really, she saw it firsthand with her own daughter's wedding and how many local vendors they used. And I, it was, I don't even know the count now, is a dozen or more. And one of the things that she has really talked a lot about is from that wedding, the people who visited Southern Illinois, as you said, fall in love with the area and many have come back then afterwards with for a girls weekend or different things to do. So how do you see Havisham kind of playing into that um, sort of extension of the wine trail and all of that tourism that's happening? I think it's a perfect compliment to the wine trail. Um, The wine is fantastic, but every once in a while you might need a little break. And there's, for those people that don't drink wine, um, we're kind of also a destination on that map. So 
um, maybe the wives are out drinking wine and the husbands are like, let's stop at the bourbon bar or vice versa. We have so many um, different offerings that um, I think there's something for everybody. So even if you're not a bourbon yes, drinker? Yes, no. Or... So we, we have craft cocktails, which okay. is which is really like my heart and joy. I love the, cre- the ability to create something really great that tastes great too. Mm-hmm. So it's just how someone might have a passion for baking or um, anything else where you just, you make this beautiful thing and then you can consume it. Um, that's how I feel about our cocktail list. So we have a lot of classic cocktails. Um, we have craft beer and then I do seasonal cocktails where I get to pick. Usually I try to grab some local vendors. So I'll use some jam from Rendleman's or from Flam Orchards and I'll make some fantastic creation that um, fits with the season. So I think if we can um, delete Franck from Father of the Bride out of our brain, (laughs) a lot of people would say, oh, wedding industry, wedding coordinator, that's like kind of a typically female-led industry. But tell us about ladies in bourbon, and I wanna know kind of like how did this become something you were interested, educated, and passionate about? Um, are we talking about the Women in Whiskey Club, or are we just talking about me? I, I would love to just kind of like back it up, like, okay, Crystal knows bourbon, and how did that happen, and then like, how do you um, make it a, a, I don't know, joyous celebratory part of what you do and inspire others, which is a lot. I'm sorry. That is a lot. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so from A to I mean, I hope club. I inspire others, so that's great. Most of my background's in bartending, so... I brought that knowledge forward, but I've always kind of had a passion for learning about it because there's so many great stories, especially about bourbon and um, bourbon in America, especially. So um, learning all of that, you do have to have a little bit of a passion for. You also have a really good palate. You need to have a great palate for being able to pick out the different nuances um, as they happen. So there's the nose, there's the taste, there's the finish, there's um, different kinds of finishes and things like that. If you can pick out the notes, Um, it makes you really appreciate what you're drinking. And that applies to bourbon. Bourbon has so many great um, ways it could go, Mm -hmm. as opposed to vodka, which is, you know, kind of general to me, maybe. Um, But um, you definitely have to have a passion about it. And I love that at Havisham, I have a really great support group. So, um, and the owners, they let me kind of do whatever I feel like doing and they Mm -hmm. think it's great. So we started the Women in Whiskey Club and um, I always like to tell people it's hilarious that bourbon typically is a male-dominated topic. Um, men, there's always kind of always traditionally been men. Um, <clears throat> but at, at the wedding or at the bourbon bar, it's run by women. So all my bartenders are pretty much women. Uh, it's managed by a woman. Um, it's owned by a, by a man and a woman. But for the most part, uh, the bourbon bar is very female-dominated. So um, to start our Women in Whiskey Club, I thought it would be a great idea to bring in women that maybe wanted to learn in a comfortable and non-judgmental way, and then um, just teach them whatever they felt comfortable with learning that day. And we have women in our Women in Whiskey group that maybe don't even like whiskey that much, (laughs) but they love trying it and learning about it. And very often, you know, the, the husbands will sit at the bar while we're learning and then the wives will go over and be like, look at all these things I've learned. And they're excited <laughs> about it. And now it's something new that they can bring to that relationship and talk about. And I feel like get a little a little closer over, over a nice glass of bourbon. Awesome. 
I love that you're developing an appreciation for it too. You know, it isn't just about sitting around and drinking whiskey. It really is just learning about so many of the stories and the history and all those things that you mentioned. And another way that you do that, so you are no stranger to podcasts. Sure. Because you have a podcast. Tell us the name Still of it. Still a beginner, but yeah, it's called Toasted with Crystal and Wes. Yes. So tell us about the podcast and, and what you all do. You've been doing it for a little while now. We, oh, we've had about, I think we're on like our 10th podcast. Mm-hmm. So we do one every other week. Um, uh, it's Wes Cook, who's a good friend of ours, um, comes over and it's partly for me to learn as much as I can and you learn by discussing. So um, we usually taste four, four things and talk about it. And Wes, it has his own profiles that he likes and I have a very different profile that we like. So um, it's a great conversation for us to talk back and forth and talk about the history of things because we come from very different backgrounds and it just melds really great together. So similar to wine, it sounds like bourbon, there ne- isn't necessarily one that's better than another, although I think people would maybe say that, but it really is about your own preference and taste too, right? Yep, and um, a lot of things can affect that. Um, It depends on, for me, it depends on the season for what I like to taste. Um, It could depend on where I'm at in my day. If I'm going out that evening, if if it's the end of the evening, um, I, I will taste different things depending on that. And just the environment around you, you could have a terrible bourbon and have a great environment, have some great friends, and you're going to love that bourbon for the rest of your life, no matter how terrible it is, because of that reminder of that great time that you had. And where can we find the podcast? Um, You can find us on Spotify. So um, I love the podcast because I like... I'm the Cliffy Clavin of my friend group, and so I love facts. So, like, I'm telling everybody about the Blanton horses and collecting the whole set. But, you know, if you ever read about the science of happiness, they say the difference between a negative vice and a positive, like, pleasure experience is add people, add Mm -hmm. memory-making, and add wisdom and knowledge. And I, I just find that to be so true. And so appreciate the time that you're putting in to learning yourself so that you can pass it on. Um, we've talked about a lot of good things. Have there been trials along the way or pitfalls or things you could wish you could redo? Um, I think on my end, I, I'm pleasantly surprised with how great things have been going. We've had some <laughs> construction issues mm-hmm. with this the building um, as we were developing it and as we were building out the downstairs and things like that. Um, but that that's not a worry that I have. Um, that one's on Nick. Um, no, I think everything's been going. I, I've been surprised at how much people love the bourbon bar. I love it, but I have my own reasons to love it, and just have other people from people from Chicago, people from all over, come back and say like, what a great time that they've had. Um, I would say our only. Uh, oh well, I guess our only issue I would say was growing faster than we thought we would. So um, staffing was an issue for a while there. Um, We realized pretty quickly we needed to have a kitchen, so we we had to develop just a small food menu. Um, But I guess that's a good problem to have, and I see it as a challenge more than a problem. Like, I, I, I think that's great. So you talked about the house on, I'll call it the campus or the property that kind of started it all, but tell us about the building where the bourbon bar is. So the building where the bourbon bar is was built in, I think, 1888. There's some thought that it might be sooner than that, but it originally was an old mill. It was right on the train tracks. 
Um, so it was great position. Everyone bring the grain in. They you know mill it, put it right on the train right there. Um, it's been a few things since then. Um, it's been a it used to be an old warehouse or hardware store. Mm. Um, it was um, for a while a little Airbnb. Um, it's been I think when we purchased it, it was kind of like a knickknack shop. So it's been quite a quite a few different things, and you can tell when we purchased the building. Um, they, I just remember going into the basement and seeing all sorts of pipes and wires and all just over the years, just all the things that had collected through the construction of the building and how everyone added and subtracted different things in the building. Like if you look up on the ceiling, there's some, they're filled in, but you can see where there were holes where the shoots for the grain would oh. come through. So we've mm. tried to keep some of that cool old building parts of the history of the building. Um, and then we just recently finished out the basement. So now the basement downstairs is a, is a beautiful tasting room. Um, and we tried to keep as many of there's some great big posts or pillars. Um, we kept a lot of, the, of those and the ones that we couldn't keep, we replaced them exactly the same as they were before. And I think that's just a great picture of what's happening all over Southern Illinois, certainly right here on Marion's Tower Square in taking these older buildings and really just restoring them. Revitalizing and them. And revitalizing yeah. them. Um, and what we've seen here in Marion, Jennifer can certainly speak to this better than I, but um, you know, it, it only took one person or a couple of people getting that started and then it just snowballed. Uh, so do you see that same thing happening in Alto Pass? That's my hope for Alto Pass. Um, even before I ever worked there, I remember driving through there when we had just moved to Southern Illinois and we were going to the, there's um, Alto Clayworks, a little pottery place down the road. And um, I remember driving through that town and getting like this great like little mountain town feel to it. Um, it reminds me a lot of like Silverton, Colorado, just something high up. And it really stood out to me in the area of just how cool it could be. And these old buildings, they were a little run down, but they had so much potential with these big glass windows and just this old architecture. And um, so I was really glad to be a part of this project and, and bringing the bourbon bar to life in one of those buildings. And I certainly think that um, I have the feeling that that's gonna happen in these other buildings too. There's a lot of construction going on even across the street from us. There's a, a big old building there. That one's getting reconstructed. I'm not sure what's going in yet, but there's been a lot of interest in, in bringing those buildings back to life and bringing that town back to life. I think it's gonna be really exciting and a really great destination place. I think that you said, what you just said was key. It's not just bringing the buildings back to life. It really is revitalizing a community and bringing the community back to life. And we've had great support from the community too, mm -hmm. which has been awesome. So I go, I go to the city council meetings and they're, they're all for every time I bring an idea, they're like, yeah, that sounds really great and exciting and new, like we're on board. And I feel like the, the town has really seen that. I think there was a, a fear when we started the Bourbon Bar that it would kind of be like the old Western saloon <laughs> style with bar fights and things. And we're not like that at all. We close early. Um, we're very responsible. It's a very beautiful place. Um, and I think now that they've seen that, um, how great it could be, I think the town's really on board with making it something special. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody has to be the first domino though. I feel like for so many years in Southern Illinois, we got hung up in a you first mentality. If somebody does this, I'll mm -hmm. do that. And you know, if, if there's an anchor that comes, then I'll build a small store. So thank you for doing that. Um, you mentioned Silverton. Are there places or people um, beyond Southern Illinois that inspire you or what you're doing? 
Oh, so much. I've traveled a lot um, in my younger days. Um, I've backpacked through Europe twice. Mm -hmm. So I've been to Switzerland and Germany and love Spain. Um, All of that food and the the different kinds of flavors and people and cultures and things like that, that that all inspires me. Um, And then within the U.S., I've done a lot of Colorado and a lot in the South. Growing up in Florida, we did a lot of Georgia and um, Mississippi and things like that. And um, all of that kind of comes together and every time I'm trying to make a new drink or something new and inspired or bringing in, we have wines from all over the world. Um, and it, for me, it's not necessarily about where it's from, but it's all about the taste for me. So um, I don't necessarily follow the trends like on TikTok and stuff, <laughs> but I pull from, here's this amazing ingredient that I have, how can I use it? And so I've got, I mean, it might be a problem, but I have a lot of just random things that I've collected since we've opened the bourbon bar and I keep trying to make something new out of it, trying to make a new cocktail, trying to make something new for the menu and just bringing that extra bit of flavor to Southern Illinois. Well, I mean, it certainly worked for another Southern Illinois business, which is Scratch. I mean, they are foraging yeah. and sourcing a lot local, and now they're a James Beard winner, so maybe that's in your future. Oh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, I think it's really amazing um, what you've talked about today, not only with the house, there's also, um, there are other, what what would you, kind of describe the property, I guess, so I don't mess it up. I know we have the wedding venue and the house and the bourbon bar, but there are other pieces to it. Well, so it's kind of a cool, I'm going to back up and tell you a little bit of the history. So originally, so the first building built in Alto Pass was where the bourbon bar is now. That's the oldest building. Um, One of the millers that owned it built the house that we use for Havisham House, the big, beautiful Victorian house, built that for his wife. So it's, um, and in between the two spaces, there's kind of the grass and the ground kind of goes down. He used, he dug up the, the clay to make bricks to build that house. So mm. it's, it's right next, so there's the bourbon bar, there's kind of like, it looks like a little bit of a field, and then there's that main house. Mm-hmm. And then behind the main house is the carriage house where they used to drive the, kind of drive the horses around and we converted that into a house. And then in between those, kind of in the back, is the pavilion. So it's um, it's kind of a complex. Like, it's it's it a is. pretty big it's piece beautiful. of property. It's all gorgeous. It's mm-hmm. all really well thought out. Um, and we just, I don't know what we call it. It's just all big one complex, I'd say. I think it's really beautiful. And again, just a testimony to um, a vision that I, it sounds like it, that wasn't the beginning or that wasn't the intent, but it has just really blossomed into this beautiful thing. Um, so Alto Pass, I have a, a family connection there as well. My great grandparents owned a hotel that sat right across the track. So right from, if you look out the front door, sure, of like the where the bank bar, is now, maybe right across there. It, it's obviously not there anymore, but it used to be called the Minton Hotel. I've only seen one picture of it, um, but if you ever come across that. Okay, I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, let yeah, me know. That's so neat. It, I mean, it was once just a booming community, and certainly this is the start. It was. The, I think the train that. tracks going right through there was a really big part of that town, and that's where, mm-hmm. for a while at the Bourbon Bar, there was also a basket factory, and there's, there's still the ice house is still there where they stored ice, so everyone would bring their produce from the orchards and load up the baskets with ice and sawdust, and they would load it right on the tracks right mm-hmm. at our front door. Yeah. Wow. I have one other comment. You mentioned Colorado, and I I think it's interesting that you compared 
Alto Pass, the views, even no matter which way you come in, which which way you drive, I mean, you just, the overlooks and the views are amazing. But for people listening, if they've never been to Southern Illinois or specifically Alto Pass, you get all of those wonderful things, but like at a third of the cost, right? Is there yeah, anything less driving, so, so much yeah. less driving. It's really hard to get up in the mountains um, up True, there. But yeah, yeah that's, I, I think, I mean, it's slightly bigger there. There's more streets, but at least it's a good taste of what, they've got going on over there. Mm -hmm. The cost of living here is so much less. My son lives in Colorado. I see what he pays and others pay. And I'm like, gosh, you have all that right here in Southern Illinois and so much less as far as cost of living. And and we just get to enjoy all those beautiful things still. Yeah. 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 And there's so many things around still. Like I'm just amazed at how many things there are to do around here. I know when we moved out here originally, Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about Illinois at all. Um, and I was, and this probably isn't what you pictured it was, it when was you not. thought of Illinois. <laughs> when I left Florida, no, uh-huh. it was not. But um, yeah, no. But my, I, there's so many great things. Like we'll we'll spend a Sunday afternoon and we'll take the kids to the to the orchards, or we'll go grab some wine, or mm-hmm. go hike, take a hike, or go up to the cross. There's just so many things to do. Um, I was really surprised and pleasantly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because when you said Silverton, I was thinking of one of my favorite little funky towns. So if you're um, in the Phoenix area and you want to go to Flagstaff and not take the big highway, if you take the old cow path through um, Sedona and Prescott and all that, there's a little funky mine town called Jerome that mm. is very, makes me think of it. Okay. It's, but um, it, um, again, like people would say, well, there's not like a little mining town on the side of the hill in Arizona it's flat well same here like we're not flat we have interesting contour and terrain and just like Alto and Cobden and other places in southern Illinois the first time I went to Jerome there was like a a hardcore biker bar and a pottery shop and that was about it and now there's all kinds of great little activities and restaurants Mm. and things to do so we can do those trips and come home, find inspiration and implement it here. Yeah. Sometimes the best trips are off the beaten path. Oh yeah. Like you don't have to go to Disneyland every vacation. Like there's so many better place. I wouldn't say better, but there's so many great places <laughs> to go that um, don't cost an arm and a leg and have more variety of things to do. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, you can't pick your kids' memories anyway. Hmm. I mean, you spend all this money and you do this great grand thing and they remember some weird thing about something they got at a gas station. So um, anything that we didn't ask you that you were like, I want to make sure I get these points in. I would just say, I think one of our strengths as a business is our staff and how important it is to like train your staff and appreciate your staff. Um, through working at so many kinds of restaurants and bars and things myself to be on the low end of the of that and um, have mismanagement and then to move to to management myself and trying to overcome that in my staff it's been um, fun and rewarding and I I would just like to say that I love all of the people that um, we have and they've all worked really hard and I know it's a lot especially for my bartenders it's a lot to learn. It's a lot of old classic cocktails. Um, there's not, I c- you can't really find anyone with that kind of experience just to hire them straight out of, mm-hmm. you know, straight into the place and just throw them behind the mm-hmm. bar. You can't do it. So you have to train them. So I actually preferred that most of our staff has have not worked in bars or at mm-hmm. least minimally. 
you can train them exactly how you want them and it's it's um, a lot of learning but I think so rewarding w once it clicks well and I mean that we always have the highest expectation of our frontline staff and often they're unfortunately some of the less well-paid folks on the team but for you they're not just making cocktails. I mean, they are creating experience and memory, but you're kind of the visitor center for your area. Uh, too. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's a big part of our training, actually. So um, I worked at Disney for about eight years. Okay. So mm -hmm. the, the what people see and hear is the so important. So, you know, I've been to many bars where you walk in and nobody says anything to you. And that's my biggest pet peeve. So, I mean, you can't walk into our bar without three people saying hi. Like, hi, come in. I know it's a little scary because it's a little different in here and it's it's gorgeous and you're maybe in your flip-flops or whatever. And we just wanna be like, hey, come in. Let me walk you through this menu. Let me know if you have questions. Let me show you what I've got. Don't feel uncomfortable at all. And I think um, our staff is really great about doing that. And I think that's something that um, I, may, I maybe grind into them a little much, like, but um, I think that's really important on the customer service side. I agree, and it's appreciated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can you can tell, and when people come back after, you know, they go, oh, you know, they know my bartenders by name, and they're or they're looking for me, and I'm I'm running around doing things. They're like, hey, come over here and talk, you know. So it's it's good. To, it's like a little family. Awesome. So you have such passion about what you do, and I can't get through an episode without asking this question because I like to dive a little deeper into our guests oh, and no? kind of what's behind it all. But tell us what your why is. What gets you up every day? Uh, I'm going to say that my two-year-old gets me up every day <laughs> when he's hungry. Um, but on the serious side, um, I'll, I personally love learning and challenges and I wake up every day thinking, what is my challenge going to be today? And I look forward to it. And at the That's end of powerful. the day, I like I like to feel that I accomplished it or I took a step towards it, even if maybe mm -hmm. I didn't accomplish it. Maybe, maybe it, you know, whatever it is, maybe it didn't work out. But at the end of the day, at least I know that I tried and I learned something from it. And the next day is going to be better. Whew. Perfect. Glad I asked. <laughs> I needed to hear that today. See, there's always, there's always going to be a bad day, but, the, you know, you just like move yeah. on. You just let it go and you move on. That's yeah. right. So uh, I know um, that you're adding events and you're probably always chomping to get the next thing, whether that's, um, you know, distilling your own uh, brew or whatever you have. So tell us about what's the future. Yeah. So you, you kind of already hit it there. Oh. Um, so we are planning to distill. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot, uh, it's a big step forward. It will be for us, but um, we brought in our distilling director, Eric Borup. So he's working um, on the legal aspect right now, but he will be distilling for us. So we're going mm -hmm. to hopefully have some great Southern Illinois, um, well, at first it'll be whiskey. It's got to age for a bit, but to be bourbon. But um, we'll have some great, um, cool bottles, um, hoping to work with some local companies as well. Um, hopefully some of the wineries will let us have some barrels so we can rebarrel some things mm. and um, we can do um, some classes. And uh, I just, there's so much happening in the distillation world that I'm, I'm really excited about that project. So that's our next project, I think. And I don't, I don't know when the project will end, but that, that's the next one. And um, it's gonna be really great. Awesome. 
And I suppose the events are, since they're selling out, that will be continued into the future? That's my fun project. Okay. I love making events. So, okay. yep. So we've had Cowboys and Cocktails, which, is our, which was our Yellowstone bottle release. Um, we have an Elvis night coming up. Um, we, and I'm going to make Elvis-inspired cocktails and food. Um, we also have, for New Year's, we're having a Studio 54 theme, um, which is going to be full of disco balls and glitter. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, I love it's uh, it's keeps it interesting for the staff that there's always something to look forward to, and um, it keeps it fun for me because again, it's my outlet for creativity. So um, it's great all around, I think. So yeah, those are never going to stop. We've got the Women in Whiskey group, and um, we'll bring back some more classes, some more tasting and classes too. We kind of we slowed that down for the holiday season, but. Um, my good friend Wes is really great about doing some <laughs> some bourbon tasting classes, so we're going to be bringing those back too. That's awesome. I did my spent my New Year's Eve last year at Havisham, and I'm pretty sure that Alta Bass had not seen that amount of sequins in a very long time. So uh, we had a great great experience. Food was great. Service is mm -hmm. just off the hook. So congrats and yeah. keep up Thank the you. good work. Thanks. Fantastic. Crystal, we've talked about a lot of amazing things today. For those who want to learn more about Havisham, where would they, where, where should they go to find that information? Um, yeah, so there's a few options. Um, you can obviously go to the website. It's um, havishamhouse.com. And um, we're also on Facebook, um, separately as Havisham House and as Havisham Bourbon Brew and Spirits. And Instagram, or Havisham Bourbon Bar. And then if you just want to email me, it's bourbon at havishamhouse.com. So much to look forward to. So Crystal Schilling, General Manager, Havisham, Bourbon, Brew, and Spirits. You got it. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Thank been you for a pleasure. Me. And we just look forward to um, coming back again and visiting more and having lots of other folks do the same. So thank you. And speaking of thanks, we have to thank our sponsors, uh, Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond, Harley Davidson and RV, Fowler Heating and Cooling, Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and our producer, Luke O'Neill and his company, Union Street Arts. Very good. And then once again, this is Small Town Big Business. You can find us on your podcast platforms, also on the YouTube channel, just by searching Small Town Big Business. And don't forget to subscribe. We also have an entire library of episodes that you'll want to check out. Um, lots of great guests, just like Crystal. And again, my name is Deb Barnett. I'm the Executive Director for Southern Illinois Now. You can learn more about that at southerninillinoisnow.org. And my name's Jennifer Olson. I'm employed by the city of Marion. And when I'm not doing all other duties as a sign, I'm doing business development. Uh, you can find me at City Hall here on Tower Square Plaza or get my contact information off LinkedIn. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day.